morning? I said, how are we doing this morning? All right, I'm glad I came to church. Anybody else glad that came today? Come on. For anybody here in person, welcome to Alive. For you guys joining online, we're so glad to have each and every one of you guys joining us as well. We are in week two of our August series we've titled Tuning Out the Noise. Tuning Out the Noise. And as we talked about last week, our worlds, our world and our lives are full of so much noise, right? So many distractions, so many things. Uh, Stats say that uh, the average American receives about 4,000 messages a day. 4,000 messages a day. Some statistics even say up to 10,000 messages per day. And from the moment we wake up to the moment we lay our head on the pillow, we've got all these different communications and noise and messages. We've got text messages and emails. We've got social media posts and videos and, and things and likes. And we've got notifications on our phone, right? And we've got <laughs> advertisements and we've got uh, calendar updates. We've got songs and YouTube videos and music and TV shows and movies. And it goes on and on and on and on. There's nothing inherently wrong with any of that stuff. But if you're honest and if we're honest with ourselves, oftentimes it can get pretty overwhelming. We can get overwhelmed, we can get confused, we can be distracted in our hearts and our minds. And uh, I think we all desire here today, correct me if I'm wrong, we all desire to want to be able to hear God's voice in our life, right? To be in, be in tune with what he's calling us to do and where he's leading us and guiding us. And and that's God's plan for our life too, right? We looked at this last week in, in John chapter 10, verse 27 and 28. Jesus is speaking and he says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And he goes on, he says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. So guys, God's desire for all of us is to hear his voice, to know his voice and to follow him. And last week, uh, Pastor Erica did a phenomenal job kicking off this series, kind of giving us some practicals of practically how do we hear God's voice in our lives. Because as you know, often uh, it's not an audible voice. We don't hear it audibly. You can. It's scriptural, but it happened like once in a whole person's lifetime in the book of the Bible. It wasn't a daily thing. But we learned that, hey, we have to have that daily appointment with God. Amen? Amen. To meet with God daily. If we want to have a relationship with him, if we want to have him speak to us, we have to make space for him in our lives. Number two, we learned that when we get into his presence, sometimes we need to be still. We need to pause. We need to pray. We need to worship and praise, right? And number three, we need to listen and and read the word of God because the word of God is how God speaks to us primarily, right? The word of God and that still small voice on the inside. And so, hey, if you missed last week, I just, I cannot highly encourage you guys enough to go back and maybe watch it or listen to it because it's so foundational in our time with God and really important to tune out the noise and really hear God's voice. But today I'm really excited because we're going to continue on in this journey together of tuning out the noise in our lives. And if you're a note taker and you like message titles, the, the title of my message today is Cut the Noise. Someone turn to someone sitting next to you and say, Cut the Noise. Cut the Noise noise. We're going to learn how to more effectively cut the noise in our lives today. But before we jump into God's word, let us pray one more time together as we prepare our hearts and our minds to receive from God's holy word. Heavenly Father, we love you so much and we just thank you for your presence here with us. We thank you for the power of your word. 
We thank you, Lord God, that your word is eternal. It's forever settled in heaven. Your word does not return back empty-handed or void. It accomplishes what you send it for today. And so, Father, we come to you in faith. We come to you with expectancy today. We come asking, Lord, we want to hear from heaven today. And, Lord, we thank you that the word of God is how you speak and illuminate things to our hearts. And so, Father, today, help us cut through the noise in our life and help us hear and see you more clearly and fully. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody agreed, said, amen. Awesome. Question for you guys. Do any of you guys like to listen to music while you're driving in your car? Let me see a show of hands. If like, uh, Come on, don't be shy. If you like uh, some good vibes, some good tunes while you're driving around, I do. I'm with you guys. I love to listen to music while I'm driving. And, and my family knows this too, right? Uh, not only do I like to listen to it, I like to listen to it more on the loud side, right? If you were to ask my wife, she, she thinks everything in my life is too loud. That's probably why some of my kids are loud, right? Constantly, she's turning the dial down to get a word in or to like, let's have some conversation. And I just grew up, we just jammed, you know what I'm saying? Like no one could hear anything and we just went, wind blowing in our hair. And so I'm a big Spotify guy. If you're Apple Music, no disrespect, or you do other things. But I, I love a good Spotify playlist curated for that day, for that party, for that moment. I, I've got a lot of Spotify playlists out there, right? And... Um, our kids have discovered this too. So our kids are at the age where they've got a million and one things going on every day, right? And they need a ride everywhere to school, pick up from school, to practice, to rehearsal, all of this kind of stuff, right? And so they've learned to embrace the ride and the music on the ride. And they love some good Spotify playlists too. They, they constantly go to this one I created called Christian Vibes, or I don't even know if that's scriptural, right? Because like good vibes in Christ, you know, whatever. But we call it Christian Vibes because it's just, it's like a vibe in the car. It's really good. Christian, Christ-based music. We, we have one called Country Hits. Any country fans out there? I don't know. I, I might get crucified today. I love some good country, all right? Uh, not the one, if you play a country song backwards, you'll get your house back, you'll get your wife back, you'll get your car back, your truck back, all right? So uh, that's a bad joke, but uh, uh, we don't listen to those kind, all right? Um, we, we have one called uh, Christian Rap, we got one called Fun in the Sun, and of course, the Alive Family Church Worship Playlist. Side note, if you're needing some new worship in your life, we have an fr- uh, open public Spotify playlist on Spotify called Alive Family Church worship playlist. And so every month we update it with all the new songs we're going to be singing on Sunday morning in worship. And so if you're like, hey, I didn't hear that song. I wish I would. I would really like that song we sang today. Who sings it? All that stuff. That's a great way to discover that and bring that into your appointment with God each and every day. But back to this. So past years have really like, um, tried to really force and flex their authority in my car, you know, when we're driving. So like, how many of you guys know when you're driving, it's, it's, it's my deal, right? All right, so I'm driving, I'm choosing the music, but they, they've discovered that they can sometimes hijack what is being played in the car, right? They've realized that this Apple CarPlay thing has a Siri feature to it, and all of a sudden, like, we're driving, we're having a good time, they can say, hey, Siri, play Sand by Thomas Rhett, and all of a sudden, bam, we go there, right? And, and my daughter loves that song, and she's like, sweet! Or, hey, Siri, play Praises by Elevation Rhythm, right? Or, or hey, Siri, br- play br- Coming In Hot by Andy Minio and Lecrae, right? And it changes the whole vibe of the car. Now, I don't, I don't, I don't disrespect any of that music, but I can get a little upset sometimes. I'm like, yo, who's driving right now? I don't know if you guys can relate to this, but the other funny thing that happens if you've ever tried this with uh, the, the sound system in the car is sometimes Siri doesn't hear the right words, right? And so there's been moments 
where that parental advisory is flashed up on the screen, and they didn't hear the song that our kids said. They, they, play, they played a different song, and all of a sudden, that really kills the vibe really quick and gets a little awkward in the car, especially when you're a pastor and you're trying to keep good things coming in and good things coming out of your children, right? And so um, I've also learned that it, it, unless you do something, it will keep going, and that will become noise in the car that no one wants to listen to, unless you turn the volume down, unless you say, hey, try it again and, and try to say the song name again, or what I've learned is Siri stop. And actually, as I was preparing this week, I was driving, I wanted to try this. When I was jamming to some tunes, I said, Siri, cut the noise. And when she heard it, the music turned off in my car. I was like, that's cool. You guys could try it on your way home if you have that, all right? Mine works. Uh, maybe it doesn't work for you guys. But uh, someone turned to your neighbor and said, cut the noise. But the reason why I share this uh, funny analogy that I think a lot of us can relate to is because I believe it illustrates a really important principle, and it's this, the power of our words. The power of our words, what comes out of our mouth. You see this? Our words will either add noise or cut it from our lives. The words that come out of our mouth will either add more noise to our life or cut it. And so I want to dive deeper into this concept and this principle because I think it will help all of us better understand what part our words play in either helping us get through the noise or adding more noise to our lives. And so for the remainder of our time together, I've got two things for you, two things if you're taking notes, two ways to cut the noise. Two ways to cut the noise in your life. You guys ready for it? Number one is this. Watch our words. Number one, we have to watch our words. When it, when it comes to the words that come out of our mouth, we must be careful what we allow to come out of our mouth. Why does this matter? Because words have power. Let's go to the scriptures real quick. In, in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, it says, Death and life are in the power of the what? The tongue, right? And those who love it will eat its fruit. There will be fruit from the words that come off our tongue, good or bad. Blessing, noise, destruction, whatever, death, life, something's going to come off those words, right? I think the uh, message translation really says it a little more bluntly. I thought this was really sobering when I was studying this week. Proverbs 18.21 in the message says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit, you choose. It's like, dang. Kill or bring life? Poison or fruit? You pick, right? The choice is ours of what words we allow to come out of our mouths, right? It'll either bring noise or it'll bring life to us. If you guys are familiar with the, the book of the Bible, uh, the book of James, and James specifically in chapter 3 talks a lot about the power of our words and taming the tongue and all of these things. There's, there's a couple analogies that James brings up to just help us uh, understand and get a better grasp on the topic of the power of our words. He, he, he says our words are like putting a bit in a horse's mouth. And I'm not a farmer or rancher and all that, but I've seen horses and, and a bit is put in a horse's mouth and you can literally control the direction of that horse and where it's going based on that little bit. He also goes on and talks about how our words are like the rudder on a ship, right? You've got these huge cruise ships, huge boats, small rudder, right? We've got this huge body, tiny, tongue's just a part, tardy, tiny percentage of our body, but it can literally change the direction and the course of our lives, just like it does a boat or a ship, just by what comes off our tongue. 
And we get to James chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. It says, but no man can tame the tongue. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless God the Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the similitude of the image of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. I like this. My brethren, these things ought not be so. What's he saying? Hey, it ought not be that we could curse and bless, but we can because life and death are in the power of the tongue, right? And so I think James is pretty fired up in this passage and he's like, hey, hey, I don't want you to miss this, right? Our words have tremendous power. The words that we speak will literally dictate the direction or the course of our life. They'll either bring noise into our life and more distraction or they'll bring blessing into our life. Therefore, we must get a hold and tame our tongue. Can I get an amen? I believe the revelation of the power of our words is, is foundational if we're endeavoring to cut through the noise this month and beyond and, and really even prevent it in our lives, you know? So what does this mean for you and I? This means we can't just be flippant with what we say. Now, some of you are like, well, I disagree with that. We live in a free country. I have, I have the property and the right of free speech. So, and that's true. You, you can say whatever you want, but just know there's always a consequence off of whatever you say, either life or death, right? Joy or curse, right? There's always a consequence with that. You know, the childhood prophet, whoever this guy was who said, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, was horribly wrong. Horribly wrong. We all know words can hurt others and words can hurt us. Now, let's be honest. A lot of the noise, a lot of the distraction in our life is just simply because of our culture today and what is normally and culturally acceptable. But I think something else we have to be honest about is that a lot of the noise that we have in our life is actually self-inflicted noise. What I mean by that is we actually bring the noise into our life. We invite it in based on the words that come out of our mouth. Right? When you think about the, the demands of life, we can flippantly let things like, this job is killing me. My kids are driving me crazy. Right? This person annoys me, right? What, what are we going to have if those are the words that we say? Well, we're going to have a job that kills us, literally. We're going to have kids that keep being unruly, right? We, we got to put that muzzle, that, that tame that tongue, right? What about our marriage? Maybe if you're like, my marriage is always going to be a mess. My marriage is always going to be in trouble. Well, then you can expect to have what you say, right? How about when it comes to money, right? I'll never have enough money. I'll never be able to pay those bills. I'll never be able to get out of debt. I'll never pay off my student loans. All right. Words, we just say it flippantly thinking it's like counseling us, but it's either inviting life or death into us. And it's either opening the door up for more noise and distraction, anti to the God that we serve and we love, or it's pushing us in the right direction, right? What about our health? I'm never going to be healthy. I'm never going to get free of this ailment. I'm never going to have relief in this area. Well, you will have what you say. And so today, maybe the Lord and the Holy Spirit's like, yo, let's take a step back and just look at the words that we're speaking, right? Because our words have the power to create life or death. So we need to choose life, right? And side note, we we also, in, in a way to eliminate some of the self-imposed noise that we bring into our life through our words, we have to be careful what we allow into our life. 
Sometimes you got to take a step back and say, well, if that's coming out of my mouth, it was there. How did it get there? How did it get in my ear gates, my mind, my heart, and how did it come out of my mouth? What, what am I listening to? Who am I hanging around? What kind of conversation is normal in our household? Or what am I allowing to stay in my mind even after the workplace? I know some of our workplaces can be a very rough place to be a Christ follower and some of the language that's used there. But what am I, what am I doing with that? Am I getting that out or am I letting that stay? Because we know Jesus taught us very clearly in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, this principle. He says, you brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? He says, for out of the mouth... Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I'm sorry. Out of the abundance of our hearts, our mouth speaks. So it's what's in there that comes out. So how did it get in there? Right? That's my question that I always ask, right? We've got to be careful what voices we're letting into our ear gates because when we let them in our ears, it goes in our mind. If it rolls around in your mind, it gets down in your heart. If it gets down in your heart, Jesus says, it comes out of your mouth. If it comes out of your mouth, it begins to create the reality that you live in and it frames the world that you walk in. So we got to take a couple steps back and say, well, it's okay to listen to the top 40, right? They're all cool songs, right? What are some of those lyrics? Are those lyrics good for you, Right? Is that lyrics good for your mind? Is that really, are those lyrics good for your purity walk? Are those lyrics good for your marriage? Are those lyrics good for Christ's followers? Some of the movies and the media we're watching, right? The stuff that comes in, whatever you put in, is what you'll get out. And our words have power, so we have to be careful with what we allow in, right? And so here, here's what I always like to do if there's an area you're struggling in. This, this is common. Are you being attacked? Or do you feel like there's a lot of distraction, confusion in certain areas? Things aren't jiving and going well. Ask the Holy Spirit to search you and say, what words are coming out of my mouth in this area of my life? And how can I stop saying death words or negative or noise-bringing words? And how can I then, in turn, begin to start saying life-giving words? Because the words will point the ship in where it's going to go. Amen? And so whether or not you like it, what comes out of your mouth matters. But if you're wondering, okay, cool, I get it. Words are powerful. I probably missed it. We've all missed it. We've all said stuff that uh, doesn't honor God. We all said stuff that's like, oh, that's actually the opposite of what I know the Bible says, right? And now we're over here. We're in a jam. How do we get out of this? What are we supposed to be saying out of our mouth? That brings me to my second point today, and it's this. Number two, speak God's word. Speak God's word. Although this is point two of my message, I believe this is the number one most important thing for us to cut through the noise in our lives. It's God's word. God's word is the only unfailable truth that can cut through all of the counterfeits, all of the noise, all of the unholiness and ungodliness, all of the filth. The word of God is the only thing that can separate it. And so we must value it, right? As we mentioned last week, the word of God, which is the Bible, it's the primary way we hear God's voice in our lives. So it's so important. It's also the most powerful way to cut the noise in our lives, right? And I want to take, an take a look at an example of this that's found in Matthew chapter 4. So if you, if you brought your Bibles or you do your Bible on your phone, we're going to go there in a second, but don't show the screens yet. Get ready. Go to uh, Matthew chapter 4. We're going to look at verses one through 11 in just a minute here. I'm going to give you guys some context behind this, but I think it's important for us to see this with our eyes and to read this in our Bibles. Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 1. But in this passage of Scripture, right before it, Jesus had just gotten baptized, right? John the Baptist baptized him in the Jordan River. Jesus is just about to start his earthly ministry. He hasn't started it yet. 
right? And the devil, Satan, the, the tempter is what the word calls him, comes to tempt Jesus, tries to bring some noise in Jesus' life, tries to trip him up to get him uh, uh, distracted and off God's call for his life because he knows he's about to start his earthly ministry and up, uproot a lot of bad Satan-type stuff in the culture, right? And so he's like, hey, I got to stop this. And so we pick up in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. Stop there for a second. Well, of course he was hungry. 40 days without food. Some of us haven't had a snack in 40 minutes and we feel the same pain. Hold on, we're going to get through this. I'm almost about to wrap up, right? And when a pastor says he's about to wrap up, add 40 minutes to it, all right? So, no, I'm just kidding. Some of you are like, hey, of course he was hungry. 40 days, 40 nights. Let's keep reading, right? Now, now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered and said to him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up to the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Verse 7, Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and him only, and you shall, him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, the angels came and ministered to him. So we see an interesting dialogue here and an interesting occurrence between the devil and, and Jesus. And, and what happens here in this scripture, to summarize it, three different times, Satan, the devil, the tempter comes to Jesus trying to create noise in his life to get him off his game, to distract him off his call, to get him to go against what God's word had already said. He even uses God's word in the second example and twists it, and it's all true. Angels would do all that stuff, but, but he's not supposed to exercise that power yet, and he's trying to get Jesus off of his game and distract him. It's noise. It's noise in Jesus' ear. The enemy chirping like that in Jesus' ear, it was noise to him. And he had a choice of what to do. And all three times, what did Jesus do? He spoke the word. He spoke the word of God, right? The devil comes, hey, Jesus, I know you're starving, man. If you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. It will taste really good. Jesus had the power to do that. But what did Jesus do? He said, nah, it is written. And he quotes Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. Then the enemy comes to him and he says, if you're really the son of God, hey, throw yourself off this temple and let your angels catch. Let's see the holy trust fall, right, of all century, right? Let's just see that because the angels would do that, right? And what does Jesus say? He says, it is written. He gives them Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 16. Hey, Jesus, all these kingdoms in the world could be yours, but you just need to bow down and worship me. And what does Jesus do? He says, it is is written and gives them Deuteronomy chapter 6, 13. I love it. Jesus is like, yo, when the enemy tries to roll up on me, I'm going to punch him in the face with a little Deuteronomy. Okay? 
When the enemy tries to come at me, I'm going to give him Deuteronomy, right? He, I'm going to give him the word, right? What's going to cut through the noise in the situation? Jesus knows. He says the word of God, it is written, which means it has been spoken, right? Every time Jesus used his voice to redirect the noise and cut through the noise, right? And this is important. He didn't just think it. He spoke it. I think this will really help some of us out because a lot of times I think we think we know, we know, we, we think we, we know the word and we think it in our head. I should probably be memorizing this or quoting this or whatever, but we don't let it come out of our mouth. And the enemy jams us. It's not that he can get us off our track completely, but he jams us on the effectiveness and the power that we have and the authority we have because of believers in Christ and because of the power of the word of God if he can just keep us silent. As believers, we need to stop staying silent and start speaking the word out of our mouth boldly. Start speaking the mouth over our, and the word of God over our families. Speaking the word of God over our marriages. Speaking the word of God over our kids. Speaking the word of God over our community. Because when we speak it, the power of life and death are in the tongue. And we can bring life to a hopeless or lifeless situation. Because of the word. Jesus teaches us that important lesson to to, to say it out loud, right? And we can allow the word of God to lead our lives. I think this is important for us to remember that God's word cuts through the world's noise. God's word is the best thing that can cut through the noise of the world. And and I want to illustrate this for you guys, but before I do that, I want to show you from the Bible just literally how powerful God's word is how powerful God's word is. And so in Ephesians chapter 6, a lot of you guys are familiar with this, but uh, it's, it's the armor of God chapter, right? Paul uh, is writing uh, to the, the church at Ephesus and he instructs, the, uh, he, he's, the apostle Paul instructs, he says, hey, put on the whole armor of God. Why? So that you could stand against the wiles of the devil, right? Be strong in the Lord and the power of his mind so that you can take a stand against all the noise, all the junk, all the temptation, all the stuff that the enemy is going to bring at you. You're going to need this armor daily. And he goes on and he gives six pieces of armor that he lists. For time's sake, we can't go into in-depth study. That would be a really cool study to do someday. We'll do that. But the first five pieces are all defensive. They're defensive pieces. Belt of truth breastplate of righteousness, shoes of peace, shield of faith, and helmet of salvation. They're all defensive things to help against the attack of the enemy. But the last one, which I think he always saves the best for last, amen? You know our God, he's so good. The last one is the only offensive weapon that we as a believer in Christ, according to the full armor of God, has given. And it is the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Let's take a look at this, Ephesians six seventeen. And he says, then take the helmet of salvation, that's the last piece of defensive gear we get, and the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's the only offensive weapon that's listed, and here's why I think that's true, because it's the only weapon we really need to cut through the noise in our life, amen? Amen. The word of God is enough. The word of God will do the heavy lifting. The word of God is powerful enough. It silences the enemy. It puts him in his place. It allows us to rise up and elevate to the place that God has called us. It's what he says about us, right? It brings clarity to our life. It brings peace to our life. It brings joy. It brings direction. It brings revelation. The word of God is the only offensive weapon we need to slice and dice everything the enemy brings at us. That's why we got to honor it and esteem it. And so it's important to know it. 
to know the Word of God, to, to read it, to be, spend time in it, to memorize it, to, to speak it out of our mouth. And so to illustrate this uh, importance of the Word of God when it comes to cutting through the noise, I'm going I'm to have a little analogy here. If, if I could have my two helpers come on up with their stuff here, uh, I'm going to have my two boys come on up here and help me with this in a moment here. Are you over here, Ezra? This is Ezra and this is Eli. All right, get your, get your string out there. All right, they're creating some noise in my life right now. God's best for me is out there, but I have a barrier right here. This is the noise of the enemy. This is the noise. This, this could look like uh, uh, financial issues. This could look like marital issues. This could look like a wayward kid or disobedient kid. This, this could look like stress or anxiety or depression. Whatever the noise going on in our lives, this is that what represents. And so in this analogy, the question is, what sword are we going to try to use to cut this? What sword are we as believers going to use to try to cut this? And, and unfortunately, I think, I think here's what happens. Oftentimes, I think we try to use the wrong tool to cut through the noise. We use the wrong approach or the wrong method. We, we try to mentally just get through it and we try to get through and cut the noise in our life, but it's still there. We, sometimes we, we, it's like this little <laughs> cheap plastic knife. We're like, oh yeah, we're going to get through this. Right? And we're like, we ignore it. We ignore the noise in our life. We, we, we pretend like it's not there. And when we turn around, it's still there. Right? We try to do what the world does. And okay, there's got to be a TikTok reel that'll help me with this, or a cool Pinterest quote, or, or some kind of motivational thing, or good vibe, or earthy thing that can help me through this. But no, it's still there. Because those things, those tools are not big enough or effective enough or sharp enough to get through the noise that the enemy places in our life. We need a better sword, amen? We need a better sword to get through that. And so, can you please bring me a better sword? Drum roll, please. Awesome. Yes. See if it makes the sound. No sound. We'll, we'll edit the sound in on the, on the replay. Yeah, sorry. We need a better sword. Now, I just, uh, this is a samurai sword of such. Uh, Don Coble gave this to me after we got back from Warrior Conference this year, probably because uh, he felt bad that he gave a sweet battle axe to Pastor Lonnie, and all I had was a plastic knife. So uh, this looks way cooler, right? This, I, I got up on Lonnie's game, you know what I'm saying? I'll be, I'll be honest with you, I'm not trained to use this sword at all. I've had no training. I don't know what this sword could do or not do to any human parts or things. If you're a praying man and woman, this would be a good time to start praying for my kids and for all of that. We're not into child sacrifices here at Alive. Sorry, that's, that's down the road. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, I'm just making sure you're all awake. You all paying attention? Anybody not shaved this morning? Let's go, all right? So I got a sword here. This sword represents the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And let me tell you about this sword in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, how amazing this sword is. It says, For the Word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, right? Piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. This sword can do some damage to the noise in our life. The word of God. 
And so when the noise comes at us, we don't need to be afraid. We don't need to get out our little knife and say, you know what, I'm going to just think good thoughts and positive vibes and listen to a motivational speech. (laughs) Take that. That ain't going to get it done, my friends. That will fall. That will fade. That's not forever settled in heaven. That's been already settled right now. That doesn't work. Right? The only thing that will work is the word of God, the sword of the Spirit. My kids are like laughing, They're like, please don't hurt me, Dad. <laughs> so maybe the noise is you're confused or you don't know what to do. But you remember last week as Pastor Eric was speaking that in John chapter 16, verse 13, it says the Spirit of truth or the Holy Spirit will guide you or lead you into all truth. And you cut the noise in your life. We ain't done yet. Come on. There's more noise to cut, right? Maybe your marriage is struggling and you're like, I don't know if it's going to make it. I don't know if we can get through this. I don't know how we're going to make it better. But then you remember in Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. And you start slicing through that noise. Maybe you have no clue how you're going to get through this type of season financially. You have no clue how you're going to pay that bill. But then you remember the sword of the Spirit that God has given to you, right? And in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, it says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And you cut the noise. Come on, somebody. We still got a couple more. Maybe you're facing symptoms, health symptoms in your life, and you've got a bad doctor's report. You're not sure how it's going to go, and you're meditating, you're dwelling on that, and you're like, oh gosh, I'm going to just uh, think about everything the doctor said, and I'm going to try to get through this, and you do your part in the natural, what you do, but you're just not seem to be breaking through. What about the sword of the Spirit? Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5 says, by his stripes we are healed. Come on, somebody. I got one more for you. Maybe you're here and you're stressed out. You're burnt out. You're so ready for a breakdown. It's like noise and it, you just can't focus. You got so much going on. Your schedule's crazy fast and blazing. You're all over the place. You don't know what you're doing, what you're not doing, all of that. And you just need some rest. And you remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. He said, come to me, all you who labor or are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, and you cut through the noise. Someone say, cut through the noise. Let's give it up for my helpers here today. No one got hurt. Didn't even sign a waiver for that. There we go. Thank you. Everybody doing good? The blade is away. Dang. The Word of God helps us cut through the noise. Such a simple illustration, but I hope burned into your minds and your hearts forever that the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, is what will cut through all the noise in your life. It cuts through the noise like a, a hot knife through butter. It's the only thing that can get through it. And I also ask another question. Maybe you're like, I know the Word of God, but are you using it? Or, or more in question, how big is your sword? Right? 
because we're all given a measure of faith, but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so that sword can get more sharp and more powerful and more skilled and more excellent in all the different areas of our life as we begin to use it and as we begin to know it. Because the Bible doesn't say just snack on the word when you can or come to church once a month or go on Easter, Christmas and a couple extras. The word of God says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Richly dwell in you. Get a sword that is sharp and ready for battle, right? The more of the word of God we allow into our life, the bigger our sword gets, the sharper our sword gets, the more easier it is to know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it with the word of God. That's why I can't stress enough, if you're calling a live family church home in the season, you've never taken a basics class that we're starting back up again this fall in September, man, I encourage you, get in basics 101, If you've never taken any basic class, that's the foundational class. You start there. That will be on Tuesday nights, but we're also offering 201, Serving God. If you've already taken 101, take Serving God. If you can't make the Tuesday night, but you are a human being and you have uh, access to internet. Do you guys know what the internet is? The World Wide Web, WWW, right? Welcome to AOL. I don't care how fast your connection is. If you have access to internet, we offer Basics 101 on demand 24-7 wherever you want. Just sign up for it and start taking it. Get a workbook and, and sign up and then start going through that. Because here's the deal. It will help you get in the word and it will help build your faith. For some of you guys, I've been a believer for years. I've been to all these churches. I've been to all these conferences. I don't, the, the basics will help sharpen your sword. Sometimes the sword gets dull and the ax gets dull. The word of God says to sharpen those things right? To, to equip those things and get those more ready for battle. And so whether you've been a believer for 10 minutes or 10 years, my goodness, what a great opportunity we have before us this fall. You can go to our website to sign up for that. But as we wrap up today, I hope, I hope you guys have caught kind of the two main things that I believe the Lord wanted to imprint in our hearts today. Number one, our words have power. Our words have power. Power of life or death are in our tongue. And so Lord, help us Watch our words. Reframe our words because we will reframe our world when we watch our words. And number two, may we speak God's word. The sword of the Spirit is what we need. If you're going through anything in your life today that you're not sure how to get through, how to make it through, you're not sure what to do, the word of God, the sword of the Spirit, has an answer for you. We were singing that new song, Trust in God, today. I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. Remember, he's a speaking God and he's a hearing God and he wants to answer you. And he watches over his word to perform it. Picture this. God is in heaven in the ready position. He's in a two-point, he's in a three-point stand. Come on. Come on, somebody. Is it football season yet or not? Yeah, it is. God's in the ready position. He can't wait to perform a miracle. He can't wait to provide for your need. He can't wait to turn that kid's heart around. He can't wait to heal that marriage. He can't wait to do what he already wants to do. He's watching over his word to perform it. But if no word is spoken, if no word is known, he's given us free will. So he's not going to exercise that until somebody asks him. But I sought the Lord and he heard And he answered. Come on, somebody. 
the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God will change your life. And if you need to fall back in love with the Word of God in your devotional time, if you need to change up the translation of the Bible you're reading through, you need to get a new Bible plan, do whatever you need to do to keep it fresh because the Word of God will cut through every ounce of noise the enemy brings that's already currently in your life and anything that's on the horizon is yet to land in your circumstances yet. The Word of God is the truth, it is the life, and it is the way. Amen. Would you join me as we go to the Father and pray today because we cannot do this without his strength and without his help. And so let's ask the Holy Spirit to minister to us each individually in this next few moments. Heavenly Father, we love you so much and we just thank you for your presence here. We thank you for the power of your word. Father, forgive us for idle words, for words that don't bring life, that words that have been self-inflicting noise into our situations and our families and our workplaces and our marriages, our relationships, Father God. We thank you that you're faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. Lord, we ask you to help us put a muzzle on the the words that bring noise in our life. If we don't have anything nice to say, let us not speak it out. But Lord God, renew our minds according to the washing of the water of your word, Father God. We thank you that the word of God could dwell in us richly. And out of the abundance of our heart where the word of God dwells, where we put it in, would, would flow out words of life, words of spirit, words of joy, words of peace, words of comfort, words of of victory, words of breakthrough, Father God. We ask you in the mighty name of Jesus to give us a holy fear and honor and reverence of your word. And we thank you that you've given us the sword of the spirit, that we're not ill-equipped, we're not under-armored for the battle of life. No, you knew everything we needed and you provided a way for that through your son, Jesus. So by faith, Lord, we take up our sword as well as our shield and our helmet and our shoes and our belt and our breastplate of righteousness. Lord, we take it all up. And we do all we can to stand firm on the foundation of Jesus. Lord God, I thank you that you're raising us up and you're equipping us and helping that word of God dwell richly in our hearts, Lord God. And as we put it there, Lord, bring it out to affect and make a difference in our lives, in our community's lives, and to the ends of the earth. Father, we thank you for the holy, awesome, powerful word of God. And we worship you today, Father. We pray this all in Jesus' name. And everybody greets said. Amen.